Hey guys, TJ here. You are about to be inspired listening to this man talk. Jerry Green is a good friend of mine. We have known each other for a long time, went our separate ways, got reconnected, total alignment of our paths and relationship with God. And we just have been, uh, since getting reconnected in 2016, after about a 20-year hiatus, we have had a lot of exchange in terms of conversations, in terms of revelation or, or understanding. I think you guys are going to really get ignited by listening to this. So if you're at a place in your life where you are looking to find more freedom, trying to understand more purpose, um, I this is going to be an amazing episode for you guys to listen to. Jared is a tremendous speaker. He is a great human being. And uh, of course, this is a webinar audio format that we, that we have pulled the audio from. Uh, and so you guys are listening to what was originally uh, a video. And so I appreciate some grace with that, but we wanted to make this more accessible with you. If you find value, please go ahead and uh, leave a rating, a review, share with somebody who ought to be listening. We very much appreciate you guys being here. Find me and find us at tjluffler.com. We work with a lot of people, leaders like you, who are trying to find more freedom, more purpose, more clarity on their identity among other things. And we know that that's just really a starting point for their journey. So not only are we helping you in terms of healing and changing and growing, we're helping you in understanding the practicals of how to live a fulfilling life in the process. And that's really the story that I've been on and the story a lot of our coaches have been on. So uh, we're here to help you and we'd love to work with you guys. So find me at tjluffler.com or on my Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook at tjloeffler. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. We are live with Jared Green. Um, Jared is a good friend of mine. He is, among many things, uh, he's a man of God. He, uh, and when I say that, just a man after God's heart, there's every single person, um, you know, I believe sons and daughters of God, and they choose to see him as their father, but he, he's just really pursuing God's heart in an authentic way. And Jared and I have, um, our story goes way back. We'll talk a little bit about that, but I'm just excited for him to be on here. He's a father of four children, a husband, a son um, who learned a lot from a, a great man character-wise, but also um, professionally accomplished a lot. Jared's father did. And um, yeah, Jared and I uh, had a, a very powerful reconnection, a God reconnection um, back in 2016. And, uh, and it's been an amazing journey to see his transformation. He was in the NFL. He turned down um, multi-million dollar. Well, that's, I guess I'll let you tell the story, but he turned <laughs> down a very large contract uh, to pursue the unknown and, um, and then became a pastor and then became a coach and founder. And he's had an amazing journey of transformation. And I think today's topic, Jared, is one that it goes deep and it, and it goes deeper the longer like we're in it, right? The more we talk about it and have this revelation of discovering who you are, where you're yeah. going and living on purpose. That's your message to the world, plugging people into their purpose. I really quickly want to just, I actually took a note on something that you said once and um, I wanted to bring it up just as a, as a starting point for you because it was really powerful is don't just complete tasks, discover what completes you and never go a day without experiencing the power of your purpose. I think that's a good introduction. I wish I remember when I said that, because that sounds really good. I, when you said, I, like, I wonder if you think that's me, if that's really me. 
<laughs> a good start, isn't it? It's a great start. Wow. Send that to me. <laughs> I will send that to you. Yep. Oh my gosh. Is that where we, are we going to jump right in on that? Let's jump right in. Yeah. So I just want to, let's do a quick introduction so people know who the heck you are. And, yeah. um, there's a lot of different people joining, you know, all walks of life, all different perspectives, all parts of their journey. But I think everybody will be able to glean from, we call it the revelations that you have, maybe the realizations for other people, some yeah. aha moments, light bulb moments that'll be powerful. They really do give you life. Jared's words give life. He's got a gifting. When he speaks, you get life. You actually, it's like you get injected with energy. You get, you get some electricity or something. So I'll let you um, start with maybe just kind of the journey of, of how we got reconnected and where you were in your life from leaving the NFL. I feel like that's a good starting point. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop a bomb that you dropped on me, but I lived it. Like you spoke it. And when you spoke it, I didn't know that was where I was. So I'm going to share it like that. Um, so my story will breeze over the first part, just born and raised in the DC metropolitan area, Northern Virginia. Fairfax County to be exact. Grew up um, in a great home. Father, loving mother, mother loving father, siblings, like just a wholesome background and a true one. Um, and really lived a good life. Like I don't, I don't have a story. You know, some people just try to like make their story more difficult than it was. Like I don't have that. Uh, my story has been filled with blessings, if you will, um, opportunity and so on and so forth. Um, but, but there have been some deposits in my life growing up about compassion for others, almost like the son in the, in the castle, you know, the prince in the castle sees, you know, the folks on the outside and says, man, I, wanted, I want you guys to be in. So that's always been my life. I've been driven by that. But I also, um, and we're gonna talk about this later about fatherhood, I always wanna make my dad proud. And so, uh, I think I chose, I, I feel like it, I can't say it for sure, but I believe I chose to play football because of my dad. And my father's Daryl Green played 20 years for the Washington Redskins. And in all of our connection, he never really brought up football, but I felt like, man, if I could do that, maybe there's like a deeper connection that we'll feel. And so it went to the University of Virginia. Side note, let me just put in there that TJ and I both went to preschool together at Nysmith and then separated. We, you know, my family moved to Loudoun County, which is only 15, 20 minutes down the street. But when you're a youngster, that's like driving to Florida from DC. Um, and so, oh, we got some, we got some uh, UVA alum out here. So, um, so with that ended up going to UVA, which you went to Virginia Tech. So our lives were literally running parallel, um, mm -hmm. similar, but, but opposite. Black male, white male, you know, um, uh, different schools, different experiences. And I know you, you'll probably talk about your upbringing um, and, and your experiences with your father and so forth. So, so many similarities, um, but very complex when you look at it from, from the, the deeper level. And so then fast forward, uh, meet my wife, my last year of college, my fourth year, go into the NFL as a rookie undrafted by the Carolina Panthers and then um, made the practice squad on the Panthers. So didn't play, I, I played really well that, that, that preseason. Scored a touchdown, was like locker mates with, with uh, Steve Smith and Cam Newton. I mean, like a child's dream. 
um, there was a Disney show called The Jersey when we were kids. Like, I felt like I lived the Jersey. Like, put the Jersey on, you become a pro. Um, so fast forward, um, decided to go to Dallas. And this is how I know that I was never ultimately completed or, or made complete by the game of football. The reason why we left Carolina, and I don't think you ever even knew this, is because I had friends that were moving to Dallas that were going to do community initiatives to empower the Dallas metropolitan area. And I wanted to help that. So I was thinking that even when I was, you know, uh, chasing an NFL dream. So I ended up going to Dallas, got cut, moved back home, got a regular job, because at this point I'm married and we're pregnant. And, and then um, uh, once we had the baby, the Raiders called about two weeks later and uh, ended up moving to Alameda, California and lived in the Bay uh, for two years, played on the played on the Raiders for that first year. The second year, we were getting ready for the second season, and that's when it happened. Um, I had a transformative moment, uh, aha moment, if you will, where I, I had a $1.6 million contract in front of me, and it was everything that I had ever dreamt to get because I felt like my life was going to be set. I proved to my dad whatever subconsciously I needed to prove, proved to myself, and I was going to provide for my wife and new child. So, so many things, I was right at the edge of that. And at that very moment, I realized that I wasn't free. And so um, freedom is the power or right to think, speak, or do um, as, as you believe you were called to without restraint. And so I don't believe that I was free to be who, I, who I've been destined to be in that, in that vein. So I left, got into ministry and community empowerment and all these different things and then and then that's when I really had a transform transformative season 2016 and 2017 going into 2017 and that's where you and I reconnected and so here we are now I, I know I skipped like a lot of major points but I felt like I was talking a lot yeah no it's 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 powerful when Jared um and and there's a couple things it's like okay you're highlighting the idea of freedom, man, that's so important. And as it's related to the idea of living on purpose, a lot of people can't, they don't feel like they're actually living in alignment with their priorities or in alignment with a life that they feel is authentic to them yeah. on purpose, intentional, because they actually don't feel like they have that freedom. And so that point that you made about, about hey, here I am, a man living in a free world with really something that people would do a lot of things to get that you had given to you and there you are and you wake up and you say wait god's calling me out of this and he's saying i don't i don't know where he's saying i go but i'm going and so you start experiencing breakthrough in that 2016 2017 season of your life and not football season but we're talking life season right right because you'd quit football then and it started a new journey you'd said consciously i'm this is i'm leaving this and i'm starting this yeah and when we connected and we got reconnected, really awesome story how just I was in a season where I was gaining a lot of my own freedom coming out of coming out of a time where I was realizing that I was limited by the expectations that I'd allowed other people to place on me mentally yeah. of who I was supposed to be, what I was supposed to do, you know, where I'm supposed to go and how that looks. And all of these things. So I was coming into my own levels of freedom or awareness during that season of awakening when you and I got reconnected through Instagram. And then 
you know, had conversations. It was like we never were apart. It was like we right. it was like we went 20 some years and didn't miss a beat. Yeah. Um, now talk to me about like that 2016, 2017 season and that real big transition, because we're in a time of transition right now. Right. We're in a time of transition for a lot of people and they're being forced. And here's what here's what's in conversations I've been having. There's loss, which triggers evaluation. Yeah. Loss triggers evaluation. And loss looks like, well, I could lose my job, sure. But a lot of people that are watching, it's not necessarily they've lost their job, but maybe they've lost a way of living, yeah. old lifestyle, because literally they're inside all the yeah. time now. And it forces you to think and reevaluate. And you experience some loss, even though it was conscious for you, I'm I'm letting go of yeah. a time in my life. And so so like talk to me about 2016, 2017, and maybe some of the reevaluation and discovery, because that's a word that I'd circle you talked about resonating with recently. Some of the discovery that you had during that season. So let me let me jump right in on this part that I think you know, but I just never vocalized this. That um, you know, my whole thing right now, I'm writing this book, Free People, Free People. And I think you, in your journey towards freedom, you became an advocate for me to be free. The crazy thing is, I think you gravitated towards me because you thought I was free. <laughs> this is absolutely true. This is so, absolutely true. <laughs> so this was crazy about that. Um, you have a phrase that I've stolen from you and I've been saying it for a long time, that, that you can't allow your past to become your prison you know, but, but in turn, make it your platform. And so what I've discovered is that my past actually was a sense or a sort of prison for me, um, but not by anyone else's doing. And so I, I had allowed myself to create this structure. Um, and, and isn't it so crazy? People like us, we hate structure, uh, like, like these organizational programming and structuring, and we sometimes do it to ourselves. So the very thing that I hated was the thing that I, um, that I had become. And, and that's just a side note that a lot of times the things that we actually hate are the things that we don't like about ourselves. But um, I was living, so here's, here's chapter two of, of your phrase, um, you know, the, the piece about prison. I was living in a prison of false freedom. I, was, I, I, I thought I was free. I was actually stuck in a cell and the cell was called freedom. And so I spoke about it. I coached people on it. You know, I was doing this and doing that, all the good deeds, but I was hurting inside. And so um, I didn't deal with, and I, I, I'm big on therapy and I'm, I'm, I get therapy now, but I, I didn't understand it back then. I never, I never really was against it, but I just didn't understand it. Um, and I didn't feel that I trusted, you know, the right, platforms of the right people. So I never dealt with the trauma of leaving or transitioning. And so there was a lot of self-discovery that never happened during my transition. You're talking about you just got married. You, 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 just le you just got the biggest offer for a professional job. And then you left that, that job. And then you got a house, you got a baby coming. There's so many transitions. And we moved from California to back to Virginia. So I was in this whirlwind of transition and all I knew, all I knew was to do, not to be. 
And so I spent all this time doing, 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 when really I should have called a timeout and said, who am I and, and how will I be? And so during that time, I, I went through a dark, dark season. Um, you know, and we, you and I were talking and that half of the time when we were talking, that was what was giving me light. Um, and so after, you know, you, you had gotten certified and you were doing a lot of coaching and stuff and I wasn't formally coaching. I was, I was just kind of connecting with people. Then that's when I say, Hey man, come to my house, fly, fly down from New York and take me through it. And boy, did we go through it? Um, the, the two things that I struggle with was the pain of the reality of who I am. I don't think a lot of people uh, address that. And I didn't address that. Not really until, you know, the last few years, but I didn't realize my thoughts, my actions, the way that I treated people, the way that I treated myself. I didn't realize that, that it wasn't good. And, and so I was trying to per perfume, you know, put cologne on, on this corpse, <laughs> you know, that was but you were a good dude doing good things for people. And yeah. so, and with a family, so like, tell me just real quick, tell me like, what do you mean by that? That's what I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm living in this prison because everyone else is seeing me and they're like, your relationship goals, you know, you're such a great father. All the while, every time I'm around my daughter, I'm thinking, man, I'm not good enough to even have a daughter. So I'm, I'm struggling inside. Like I'm not good enough. If, if people only knew the way that I thought, if people mm. only knew the way that I, my pride and my, and my greed and the way that I am, you know, internally, I looked at the mirror every day and saw what, what's really there when everybody else, and here's why it hurt. Because when everybody is applauding you for something that you're not, it eats you up even more. Because as time goes on, you have to now play that role. And so I had become the greatest actor when really I was crying out like, maybe all of my good deeds and all of the things that I was doing was really my cry to try to compensate, you know, um, for, for who I was. And I, I, I think that is what caused me to really pull you in. And, 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 and I think if you didn't come and if I didn't have the people around me that, that really huddled up and helped me, I think I probably would have made some big mistakes. I think I probably would have done some things that, that wouldn't have been good because I just wasn't in the good headspace. And my wife, I wasn't treating her the way that I should. It wasn't like I was abusive or, you know, or anything, but I know the level of which I can love. And I wasn't reaching that level. Um, I know how much I like to lean in. I love children. And I wasn't able to lean in with my own daughter. So it was things like that that I felt a void. And I was like, I'm coming to the end of myself. And that's when I, we said, hey, pause everything. And so honestly, I was quarantined with you before all this quarantine stuff got <laughs> We were in my house for like three days <laughs> trying to figure it out. So <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, that was that was a quarantine moment. And Jared and I had uh, this was early days for me of 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 doing coaching, right? This was and Jared. So and Jared as a friend, we actually ended up like overnight, like going through the night <laughs> at his house. I remember it, and we were like the whole thing the whiteboard was out we were going through i mean past present future we were just dissecting the whole thing and you slept uh, on my floor on an air mattress yep 
that's uh yeah i don't do that anymore for coaching i was used to write the manual of what to do, <laughs> what <not> to do. <laughs> but but now here you are and one of the things i love sharing too is you know there's no like there's no one box for you there's no one box for you that you are you are a free person you are a person who has found i would say success from a healthy motivation and been able to establish better connection reconnection yeah. in his life even with some of the same people your family example was a yeah. great one so i'd love to hear like okay that's the how we got there there were some discoveries made about maybe the box you were living in or the prison, right? And yeah. of false freedom, which is a great, I mean, just a visual of that is powerful for people. Yeah. And, and it's this idea of like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm becoming somebody I'm not, you know, maybe I'm actually, there's a difference or there's a separation. And some people say like in a really help, healthy way, some people say like, maybe there's a mask, like maybe the mask needs to come off. And mm. so, you know, basically you had that look in the mirror moment, you're able to identify, hey, there's a lot here I haven't addressed yeah. that I needed to kind of pause and like dig in. And now coming out of that, you had this insane vision and you're, you're mid stride in this vision today, but yeah. you had this insane vision for 365. And so I love to just kind of like, let's catch everybody up to what has helped, where are you today and what helped you just hear up here, what helped you get to where you are today in, in the aligned, aligned life you have? So you and I had this conversation a long time ago about the three F's, fear, faith, and freedom. Do you remember that? Um, we've talked a lot, but, but fear, I do remember that one. fear is where we're born. Like we're, we're born into fear because we adopt our parents' fears, our teachers' fears, our coaches' fears, society's fears. So we live here and we actually have real estate here. And all throughout this life, it's like we live on this, on this island, but then there's this neighboring island that we look at every, like every so often or you dream about it and you see all this like good stuff over there, that's freedom. Um, and it's separated only you know, by a short distance. And so you look at that freedom and you see the people over there look so happy. You see opportunity over there. You see all of your wildest dreams coming true over there, but still you're here in, in fear. And so it takes the leap of faith. And, 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 and so you have to jump from this land of fear to this land of freedom. But the secret is you don't have to jump. You just have to make the first step because it's actually a bridge. And so I added that bridge part, by the way. We didn't talk about that one time. But, but the I like bridge, the visual though. The, the, you see the visual because a lot of us, we sleep. And we dream like, man, one day, and you know, we have conversations with people of, about it. And, and so we, we can't articulate exactly what it is, can't describe it, but we know that there's something out there. There's an island somewhere. And, um, and so it takes not a jump, not a leap, just a step, just move forward. And, and the way that you step, um, so, so let's talk about that. The leap of faith is not, about freedom as much as it is about deliverance. There's a difference. I've just discovered this. There's a difference between deliverance and freedom. Deliverance is movement. Freedom is mindset. Because you can leave that, that fear, that place of fear, and bring it into the freedom place. 
there's a lot of people who made a bunch of money or, or got successful or even got married and they brought their old self with them. They never had a breakthrough. That right there, you just named it. You just named it. People literally are carrying this old way into their new place, right? Mm -hmm. They're carrying that, that maybe, in, and here's for uh, a different way of saying a fear-driven mindset, a fear-driven life that is developed out of really the fears and the things that if people around us haven't addressed them and helped us connect with them, we're carrying that into our life. And unless we have an awakening, we don't even recognize that we have something going on. And that's when you're living in the land of the free, but you're a slave or you're, or you're, you're not free, you know, whatever wow. the phrase is that makes you comfortable. But, but, but so now you're there and you said, man, I thought I was free. I left my job. I thought I was free. I don't, I don't live in the house that, that I was abused in. I'm, I thought I was free. I don't. And, but it's actually, you got delivered from there. It was a movement. You just moved from this place to this place, but you're still you and you still have, you know, these, these issues. So freedom is the next step from, 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 from the deliverance. Now freedom is the mindset. So movement to mindset. Now, how can I start thinking and being free? I need to be connected with free people. I need to be um, uh, eating and consuming resources that help me maintain my freedom. I have to learn to meditate and, and, and discover who I am and what I'm called to do, what my purpose is. Um, what's unique to me is I'm struggling with this and I don't think either one is right or wrong. Which one comes first, freedom or purpose? I, I think it can go either way because for me, I found my purpose before I found freedom, yep. but my purpose led me to get free. I've seen other people get free and then say, wow, now that I'm this free, I, I think what I wanna do is, and they discover their purpose after the freedom. I think both are perfectly fine. The question is, which one have you not, not received or not experienced? And so for me, I, I'll just bring it back to my story. My purpose, and that's why I say live on purpose because it's a double entendre. My, I, I wanna live on purpose because it's the fuel. It's like you're driving on fumes. You're, I'm driving on purpose. Purpose is pushing me towards my destiny. But I also want to live on purpose, meaning everything that I do is intentional. And so I'm not going out with everybody because they say I go out. Like I go where I want to go. I, mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not, you know, doing whatever it is that everybody else said that they need to do. No, you know, I, I posted today and I know I'm, I'm, I'm a little overkill sometimes, but I posted today, I'm celebrating my wife today. You know, everybody else is celebrating Mother's Day because there's a system that told you. I know it's like, okay, Jared, just suck <laughs> Mother's Day card. But for me, I'm like, I can't live in that. I, I woke up today meditating on how beautiful my wife is. So I'm going to celebrate it on a Wednesday. So you don't have to be as extreme as I, but I'm just saying that, that there's, a, there's a place that we can experience um, when purpose starts to really push us forward. And so that's, I'm just grateful to be here. Yeah. And when you talk about the purpose and the freedom and guys, if you have questions for Jared, I want to encourage you to put them in the chat, anything that he's talking about, anything that we're sharing. And if there's something that you'd like, Hey, I'd like a little bit more clarity on that, or, Hey, this is actually resonating with me. Can you talk about it more? Um, we'd love to answer your questions. So we do have both Q and A and we have, we have a Q and A section. And we cool. have the chat, so feel free to um, drop that in there. We've got Joe.
John, Angela, Esther. It's good to see you guys, Danielle. So um, as there's a couple of things, you know, let's just, if we kind of like narrate the practical journey of how you, you've got purpose and freedom and you found them kind of maybe in reverse order, but it's up to the, you know, we don't really know. Is it freedom first, purpose first? Mm-hmm. There could be a lot of different ways that it works out. Yeah. But, and, and I share that, you know, same narrative and I found more purpose before I found freedom. And that's actually what kept me kind of in a stalled state longer than I needed to be because I didn't have that, that mentality. So as it relates to that mentality though, and overcoming fears, right? Overcoming fears, because you are moving from that fear mindset to a free mindset. So you literally went from being in the NFL to then being a pastor to then now at that point, 2017, you're like, wait, but this is taking a new direction. So you're literally going through identity transformation. Identity transformation is just simply changing your professional identity in this case several times, but that that really affects your personal identity too. So if somebody is walking through identity transformation at or near that transition, what would you say to them as you kind of like have navigated to now where you are as a founder right? Doing not just staff training, but personal coaching and other things like that. And, and have really found a lot of success doing it. And as a speaker, found success doing that in alignment with who you are. What would you say to somebody who's on that journey? And they're like, I, I don't know where I need to go. All I know is where I'm at is not where I need to be. I would say, I know this sounds cliche, but first trust the process because you have to listen to that voice that's whispering to you and never allow yourself to identify with a profession. Um, or, or let me say this, to sum your identity up via a profession. Um, you should identify with your profession, that's what you should do. But, but I, I think one of the greatest things that ever happened to me was, um, see, this is why you gotta go back into your past. See, my, my mother is extremely charismatic and, and um, extroverted, um, throws, throws women's, tea parties and cocktail parties, whatever you call them. Like she throws those at the house. And all my life, I've, you know, it's Thursday and everybody's at the house, you know? So that I come from that. And then my father has this drive, this consistency and this ability to, to um, just win. Um, and so when I look at the hybrid that I've become in between them two, I never was taught by them, and thank God for this, I never was taught by them that it was ever supposed to be one thing, like that I was supposed to be a thing. Oh, Jared, you're a, you know, um, because you asked my mom today, I still don't really know what her main thing is. You know, and, and if you ask my dad, when he was during, during his Hall of Fame 20 year career, he still wouldn't tell you, yeah, I'm a football player. He would say, oh, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a helper to the city. I'm a so like, I never had an identity regarding what I did. And that helped me so much because when I got into ministry, I had no idea. I don't know anything about ministry even now. (laughs) I mean, I I know things about it, but I'm not a formal pastor. Like I didn't know the rules. I broke a lot of rules. No, no, like bad rules, but just like, oh, we're not supposed to talk during this moment. (laughs) We're not supposed to do this. (laughs) We're not supposed to wear sweatpants, you know, at the meetings. So, um, so for me, I, I feel like I served well and I excelled in that realm, but I was never satisfied saying this is what I'm supposed to be. And 
I never allow a calling to be uh, to my calling to submit to my profession. So what I mean by that is, if I'm someone who promotes purpose and help and, and facilitates people's growth and helps them find transformation and breakthrough, I can do that if I'm a pastor, if I'm driving a garage truck, a a, 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 a trash truck. Like I, I I don't feel that that you're you once you get the master profession, then that's where it unlocks all of your you know, hidden gifts, uh, gifts and skills. Rather, I look at it, you know, I, I could leave ministry and, and be more effective, you know, to people um, than I was when I was in ministry. And I believe that to this day. In the same way that I was able to do community work when I was in the NFL, I'm doing way more community work now. So it's never the profession. The question is, are you listening to the call? And, and there's this call, there's this silent voice in your ear that's like, hey, you know you're supposed to do this. And that's what mm. I follow. That's powerful, man. And when you, so what I'm hearing is it's transferable. So you have something when you can take the idea of like when I'm shifting in my life and I'm taking new directions, there's an element of transferring who I am no matter where I go and what I do. And that allows you to have a lot more confidence in understanding that you're not necessarily giving up one thing for another. And the other aspect that I'm hearing too, is you're not doubling down on one thing as though it's going to give you everything. It's like, no, this is just an option for me right now. And this is the path that I'm taking. But the key here, when you're talking about life transitions, you know, did you have any fear in stepping into, for example, becoming an entrepreneur and taking financial risk with a family and kids, right? Yeah. And and navigating that path and that growth and actually coming to the public, so to speak, or, or people publicly as like, this is who I am and what I do. Well, because of my story and my, my journey, I was able to make this transition kind of seamlessly. I wouldn't have been able to make this transition straight out of football. That's why you have to be so grateful for your past not being your prison because my past informed me, good or bad. Um, jumping from football was so drastic and so major that jumping from ministry was like, oh, well, we've jumped before, you know, let's just jump again. And so um, it wasn't difficult this time around, but I believe more than finances, more than anything, without a shadow of a doubt, I know I'm called to do this. Like that, this is different. Football is like, man, I think I'm supposed to not do this anymore. Now it's like, hey, if I don't stop doing that and going in, and I don't go into this, I'm going to fail myself. Like, like How I, did you know? How did you know? I knew um, by two, two things. Number one, uh, the fruit. You know, and I use fruit as an example, as you know, kind of the terminology is like, what is the seed producing out of the ground? And so once I traveled the, the country in 2019, I traveled, 2018 and 2019, I traveled more than probably traveled in my life and spoke at a lot of places and gained clients and started doing my, you know, really working my business. It was like, oh, you know, like there's there's something about, completion producing confidence. And so when you complete something over and over, the confidence comes in for you to say, you know, it's like first time you go to the gym, you're like, man, that, 
that was rough. Then you completed the second time, third time. Now you've been in the, in the groove three weeks straight. Now you're like, hey, what time are we going to the gym? Yeah, let's make it happen. You know, and so the completion produced the conviction and, and the confidence uh, moving forward. That's one side. Second side, major key is the connection. I got three, I got C's for us today. The connection with the people who spoke life into me. So, so like I, I said before we started this call, you, one of my, my um, mentors, Roy Watson, and one of my good buddies, uh, Toby Nwigwe, you three have, have been like, man, you know you're supposed to do this. You know, like, it's just a matter of time. And so you guys are speaking life, and we are in a society where death is spoken, not, not actual death, well, death too, but, but not life-giving words. So you just become a product of the words because words have power. And so you become, you know, tied up by the power in the words, good or bad. And so for me, there's been so much power pumped into me that it was like, of course I'm supposed to do this. Um, and, and that was huge. I want to give this analogy earlier, uh, just a moment ago, you were talking about how, you know, um, you don't want to allow your profession to kind of have you stuck in this one position. And I use the analogy, I think you may have heard it before, I talk about the chair, you know, and, and so a chair has one purpose and it's to be sat on, period. If the chair is in an office space, it can be utilized in an office. If it's in a school, it can be utilized in a school. But regardless of where you place or position that chair, even if you kick that chair over and it's on its side, the purpose is still there. So, so, so you can't lose your purpose. And so regardless of where you're placed or positioned, the purpose remains. And I think that's, if we can start living that way, then we no longer allow our surroundings or our environment to dictate who we are and what we're supposed to do. That's just, so good. Yeah, no, it's, and it's, it's so good. Regardless of your place or position, your purpose remains. And that, that, really kind of talks and summarizes the point you were making earlier about no matter where you were going, you were going to find some fulfillment of what you're doing, of who you are in what you're doing, right. whether you were driving a trash truck or whether you were doing what you're doing now and helping facilitate growth and people and companies. But, you know, the reality is recognizing before you go anywhere, recognizing what you even have and how, how, and to something you said earlier, how, the human that you are in being, the value that you bring to the table and the character of who you are and who you were raised to be and what was nurtured to be good and right and true within you. And actually coming into alignment, I do want to mention this just around the point of connection, coming into alignment with like, because, and I say, I say this and, and I'll let you kind of fill in how it looks, but with, there's a perspective that a lot of people don't understand, right? About who they're designed to be versus who they are because of the influences of the world that are not healthy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nature, okay. Nature. And yeah. And so now the design though, is that Jared is, is to be right and true and, and good and all of these things, but he has a choice and there's a lot of choices in the world. And maybe he makes a choice where he's somehow disconnected with a part of himself subconsciously because of something he's experienced pain in his reality and so therefore he grows up and he can't lean into his relationship with one of his daughters because it reminds him of some part of himself that he left and disassociated with when he was younger. That's, yeah. for example, trauma. That's, for example, disconnection. And that's, for example, how you live a life where you're totally feeling like some kind of uh, 
like a mask or like a different side of you or whatever it might be what you describe. How do you, in the context of relationship with God, okay, how do you think about reconnecting with parts of yourself? Because that's where you do get a lot of freedom, reconnecting with parts of yourself in the context of how God sees you. So maybe just even the dynamic of God, self, others, and that, how all that fits together from your perspective. So um, let's go to church real quick. Let's just go to church and just swing by the church. We're not even going to go all the way into the pews, just swing around the parking lot. Um, the biblical story of Moses, and I, I choose this story because that's what most people, even if you don't go to church, you don't believe in God, people have heard of the Prince of Egypt movie or the old Moses, uh, Moses movie. So the unique part about Moses is he starts off as a slave, um, and then his mother sends him through the river, and he gets, you know, uh, you know, he, he finds himself in the palace, being raised as a child in the palace, um, only to find out that he is a slave when he gets older. He's like, wait, I'm not of the same blood of Pharaoh and Egypt and all that stuff. Um, so what did he have to do? He had to go to the wilderness. He had to go back to his roots. He had to retrace his steps and to see what was there. Once he went and dug that up, then it empowered him to be who he was called to be, to do the work that he was destined to do for both sides, for both sides. What I've learned is the hardest thing that you could ever do in your life is to retrace your steps. Um, it's just hard. Um, I, you sparked something in me, and let's just get raw right here. You sparked something in me that transformed my life. The way that I was brought up, Mind you, only boy, uh, three sisters. Uh, one my, my father had before he was married. She's as much as my sister as my other two sisters. Then my other two sisters that lived in my house, I was the middle of those two. And then obviously my mom. So a female dominant uh, family with this colossal hero of a man, you know, as my father. So when, because I was his only boy, he showed affection to me, not more than he did my sisters, or my mother, but it was a unique connection because we're both male, that's just, it's natural. But here's where the design, you know, it's like the disruption of the design comes because now every accomplishment that I ever have, there is a, there is a said or unsaid um, negative thought or feeling towards me by my siblings or, if mom and dad aren't, aren't, you know, aren't in unison or alignment at a, at a particular moment, not saying they don't love each other, but if they have a moment, mom says, you know, or, or maybe later on, mom says, oh, you're just like your dad. So now I become shielded against the women. Dad's got my back, it's us versus them in the same house, even though we're surrounded by love and we're doing Christmas together and all that, but it's like, ooh, I don't really rock with it. So now, my viewpoint on women outside the house is filtered through the way that I see the women in my house. So now I'm not able to connect with the woman that I love to marry. And then I have four daughters. <laughs> so you see how if I don't go back and get not just delivered, I was delivered out of my house when I, when I left the house and went to college. But I have to get free of the way that I was brought up and the, the bitterness and the brokenness that I experienced with my siblings and my mother, if I don't go back and deal with that, and this is deep what I'm talking about, but if I don't go back and handle that, then I'm never going to be 
who I was designed to be a true lover and provider. With four daughters. With four like, daughters. Which totally makes sense, right? <laughs> it's like, yep, that's exact. like that makes total sense. And so this idea of reconnecting with the past and how that, um, and actually I have, a, I have something for the, for the group I want to give away. Before we go, I want to give away, I'm giving away $10 cash on Cash App um, or, or Venmo. So I want you to give me your Cash App or Venmo name, okay? If you can name, what's the bridge that Jared talked about when going from fear to freedom? What's the bridge that Jared talked about when going from fear to freedom? I want to send, I'm just seeing who's paying attention. I want to send $10 on Cash App or Venmo. All right, great. So you got to send me your, I'm going to pick somebody. You got to send me your Cash App or Venmo name, and I'm going to send it to you and tell me which app to send it to. So we have a couple answers going through. While we're waiting, I got to say this because I I want to complete the thought Um, that like I said, it's very, very difficult to go back and retrace those steps. Very, very difficult. But it is the most freeing thing. Now, it's the most hard. It's like, and I remember in your season, you had to go to the chiropractor because there were alignment issues and it was deeper than your back. That's 100%. a whole thing. That's but, 100% it. Yep. <laughs> but you have to go and get your back cracked or, or to get, you know, adjusted and it hurts. But the freedom, walking out of it is so monumental. And so for me, I walked with that for, for the majority of my life, discontent and pain and, and, and bitterness towards my sisters and my mother. And, and, and so I, I just, I wanted to, to really put an emphasis on that, especially those who are listening. And I know we'll get into this, this, this moment right now, but those who are listening, please um, go back into that. And this is what I wanted to say uh, to, to, to kind of put a bow on that. That's where I found God and my, connect, my connection with others. Because once I go back, I see his hand and his sovereignty, for lack of a better term, or his perfect plan through the whole story. Because if he didn't make me the way that he made me, then I wouldn't be as hurt as I was about the situation. Then I wouldn't have to have a breakthrough. That breakthrough caused me to be humble. That humility caused me to love more and be more compassionate. Now I'm a better father and better husband than I ever thought I'd ever be. So I connect with God more by saying, you didn't make this. You designed it to be good, but this is what happened because we live in a broken world, broken society. Now I see who you are and I love you more, but I'm also connecting with people, not only those who helped me walk through this like you, but I also connect with the people who actually hurt me. And, and, and then finally, I connect with those in front of me, those moving forward. Guess what? I built a whole business about connecting with people and, 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 and bridging the gap between managers and employees. Engage 365 is the whole purpose of it is to engage teams and power leaders so they can experience growth. The whole goal is let's get real, let's engage, let's develop, and now we'll, we'll have freedom. So my whole business is off of what I was born into that's that's where i sit back and i say god is real and people are good and i love everybody (laughs) (laughs) and now and now you're you're literally 
in uh, and can I share like client names, not client people, right, individuals, right, right, but right. yeah, but we're in Chick-fil-A's and, and in other places of influence with um, significant amount of, of a significant amount of people, young people, older people who are on that journey from fear to freedom, discovering purpose along the way. And by the way, the bridge was faith and Danielle Gray, your $10 cash app was sent and it looks like it's confirmed it's your name. So hopefully you got that. Otherwise somebody else can be really happy. <laughs> I like, um, you also added a little, just take a step. I like, I yeah. like she, she's taking good notes. Esther, Esther takes great notes. Danielle Reed also answered, we had some other answers, but, um, but yeah, faith is the bridge. And um, so I'm glad you guys are, are paying attention. Hopefully you're getting something out of it. Very, a lot of excitement for that $10. Um, <laughs> And Danielle, I see the hand raised too. So if you have a question, feel free to post it on the chat. But um, Jared, I know it's it's one hour. We got. I'm looking at the clock. We got about ten minutes though, um, and we can go over a couple minutes if if we need to. Please, just if there please. are other questions, sleep. We got time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as I'm as I'm like looking with and reconnecting with guys, it's like it's very clear. To me, you're seeing, sure, you're seeing completion, conviction, and confidence. And those are signs that you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in my lane. And you're also seeing, if I'm hearing you right, you're also seeing dots connecting from your past to your present and to where you're going in your future. So you're like, and I see how God is, is narrating or how I could be seeing God's way of narrating this, right? And so I feel like there's, like God is with me almost, that mentality. God is with me. And I'm seeing some fruit, like people's lives are being positively changed. Um, you're going into places and you're helping them not only with their business performance, but you're also helping them with their people performance. And it's really about their hearts. And one of the things I love is how you approach it from a place of confidence. And I remember we were talking about sitting down in sales one day, like in, in a sales role for yourself. And you were like, hey, man, like I'm here to minister to people's souls. and I don't have any guarantees about your performance, but right. if you want to work with me, your people are going to be doing great and your business is probably going to be doing greater. Yeah. And he ended up signing with you, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I want to say something about that too. The, the, the truth that will never, you know, return void or never, never, you know, prove itself to be anything other than the truth. Um, this statement that the truth will set you free. And, when I speak truth, you can take it or leave it. I'm not going to be worried. You, that's you. If you're worried, that's on you. But I, I've never pitched, and we've talked about this many times. We don't pitch to clients. We just speak truth. And if I'm for you or if you're for me, if you believe in this, then you're, you're, guess what? Your organization is going to thrive. But, but if this isn't something that you believe in, then, then white knuckle it and figure out how to, you know, how to do what you do. But you know, I, I think that's a big part of it. It's like, you can't tell me from my experiences and what I've come out of that, that this doesn't have power. And so it, will, it has more power to transform just, you know, not just an individual, but a whole organization. Yeah, yeah. And I love the idea of, of giving people choice, extending truth and saying, hey, man, this is up for you to decide. This is not for me to decide. This is for you to decide and take it or leave it. Not, not as in, you know, we're the best, but as in, we know what we offer. We know what we offer. Yeah. At the end of the day, 
you get what you, you know, what you get. So. And when you're thinking about, okay, so there's this whole gap though, for people, it's like, I'm in and this. I'm going to answer that question from Esther, but keep going, keep going. Yeah. I want, I'm in this season and I'm leaving, you know, ministry, so to speak. I know I've got this new thing, this vision or idea. Okay. A lot of people have visions or ideas, but don't get them into action. They discover purpose. They don't have freedom. They don't get them into action. So what was it that helped you practically? What was it that helped you get to completion or what helped you get started? I mean, we're talking scratch. I remember we were in your house and you're like, I got this idea 365. Like I got this whole thing played out in my mind. So what helped you go from there to that first step that you talk about in faith? Let's keep on with the freedom, man. Um, I don't think it's ever a matter of what you can do or what you will do um, or any technicalities. I don't think it at all. I, I think it always comes down to freedom. And I'm gonna, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the back end of this to now talk about this last part of freedom. You can be free, but then you can still be under the guise of, of what you lack or, or what, you're, what you're not able to do or what you're not supposed to do. So these last, these two Ds, you know, we got a lot of alliteration because that helps us to remember stuff because we talk a lot. So deception and disobedience, that's the last breakthrough. If you can, so most of us find ourselves under the deception. It's a lie that you can't do this. It's a lie that you're, you're not capable. It's a lie that nobody will buy what you're selling. It's, a lie, it's all deception. And so once you believe that lie, you become, you know, we are what we believe. So you become that. And then the disobedience comes after the lie. So we know the historical, you know, legendary story of Adam and Eve. It's the deception came, then the disobedience. So for me, once I, once I am deceived and I don't believe, that's when I disobey my calling. We're not talking about right and wrong, disobeying, you know. We're, I'm talking about disobeying what I was designed to do. And so you have to ask yourself, do I believe or am I still under the deception that I can't? And then if I got that handled, am I going to obey? And am I going to structure my life the right way? Am I going to eat the right way? Am I going to find the right balance? I love how you always talk about optimizing your life's rhythm. Am I going to get in my flow? Am I going to be around the right people who are going to promote that growth? So it's all about the mind. Once it gets out of the mind, the hands and the legs, oh, that, that part is easy. It's the mind. I can totally resonate with the mind. And one of the reasons that we talk about the six core pillars, one of the reasons, and Jared is, is in the book and provides commentary, and, and he's also on the podcast with the group um, in season two, the last episode of season two, we're talking about it. One of the reasons we go through diet, sleep, exercise or movement, active rest, reflection, and connection, and connection really tying in what we're talking about today. The reason we talk about that is because that is the practical way that you actually achieve a better mindset. The practical way of achieving a better mindset. I mean, Jared, what, like, hold on. What time do you wake up in the morning nowadays? And I know for a while you were up at like 4.30. Yeah, now I'm at five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But now you don't have to wake up in the morning at 4.30 or 5 o'clock to have, you know, to, to really like take your life to another level. However, what was it that was in your headspace when you were doing that? I think it was two things. 
first it was um, clarity. There's not much noise going on at 4.30 or 5 a.m. Um, nobody else is up, no one's bothering you. There's nothing on TV. Um, so you can really lock in. And then I think the other part is, is practical. It's just, how can I find a rhythm? Like I need to do this every day so that I can be structured, especially people like me who suck at structure. Um, so if I can at least say I'm getting up at the same time, the first, the first probably quarter of the year that I started doing this back in 2017, I was just up, no one even doing anything, but I was just up. But that just did something for me, like, hey, I'm up, you know? And then it was like, okay, now let me do this. So it's a, the rhythm is so important because like we started this conversation out talking about discovery. If you don't discover what you need or who you are, it's gonna be very hard to, to, to do and to move. Um, That's a huge and, point. And let me just say this, just to answer this quickly, Esther, what I'm working on, slash struggling with right now is balance because now that i've discovered what i discovered you can't stop at discovery you have to know what to do with it so now i have to balance now that i know what i need i know what's best for me during this quarantine season and, and really during this season of my professional career my personal life now how am i going to optimize that because i have to make sure that i manage my family and, and my connection with my wife and my children, I got to be able to balance all of this stuff. I'm thankful that I'm not in a season where I'm trying to get going. This is not about initiation or about starting. This is really about now that I'm going, okay, I want to make sure that I'm going well. So what does this look like? I'm checking my rear view mirrors, checking my side view, you know, checking my speed. And that's, that's where I'm at right now. So I, I wouldn't call it a struggle. Um, but I would call it a nuance. Hopefully that helps, Esther. Yeah, and if you guys have any final questions, go feel free to uh, feel free to post them. I'm actually posting right now just a quick poll for you guys. We just call it a pulse check, and yeah, we just yeah. like to hear. Would that. you recommend to a friend? It's really simple. Um, <laughs> It's not a personal thing for Jared. It's more of a question. Did you guys get some value where you're walking away saying, wow, this was really helpful for me? And we have 100% uh, yes right now, which is great. So we appreciate you guys showing up and being here. Um, the last thing that I'd like to just even touch on, Jared, is this idea of, okay, so you're moving, you get this mentality, you're doing some practical things to to start changing your reality in your life, right? And you've navigated, you've retraced your steps in life, you've understood how those contribute towards your life today and what that means for you actually uh, taking direction because you've had some reflection, taking direction in your life for moving forward. There's some really practical things around, for example, like how you stay motivated, how you stay disciplined um, and where prayer fits in with all of that. And I asked those three questions because one of the things I noticed about you is you are, you are a performer. Like when we have our conversations, right. You just walk away and it's like, next thing I know, Jared did 15 things <laughs> and he's, he's done them. And we have another conversation in like a month and he's like, yeah, that, okay. And then there were like 15 other things that happened before that, that I didn't even know <laughs> you were working. And, and so I'm like, how does this man a stay motivated B, stay disciplined, and C, how does he think about prayer, and what does that conversation look like? Because 
to me, those are gifts that I think that you have, but they're also skills you've nurtured from your experience. I mean, you don't go to the NFL and perform at that level without having motivation and discipline, right? And, and for you to even have the sensitivity, a word we talk about, and that connection, just where you're really inviting God in your life yeah. through prayer, that's how you're sensitive to the call to leave that to where you're doing your, you know, changing trajectory of your life today. So those are the three ideas, however you want to answer them. Motivation, discipline. Motivation, discipline. Okay, and prayer. So motivation is this. I have to have space to create, period. I'm not going to move my camera because the rest of my room was crazy. But, but I've got a whiteboard over there, and I live with a whiteboard. Uh, currently, I'm in Florida right now, um, and I, I bought another whiteboard. So I have one in my office. I have one in my home in the D.C. area, and then I just bought another one. I cannot be anywhere without a whiteboard. Um, and so for me, I have to have a moment of creativity. Five o'clock in the morning, I wake up um, and I meditate. So I, I'll get on that in a little bit and pray. I'll get on that. But then I go in front of the whiteboard and I say, I have day. What's the problem? And then, and then as I ask that question, I grow in empathy and compassion for the people that I care for and the people that I wanna Im uh, improve their lives and so on and so forth. And then that drives me to say, okay, let's list out the possible solutions. And then I create the bridge between the problem and the solutions. So I create every day. That's how we keep coming up with all these modules and all these different uh, videos and content. Cause every single day, 365, that's, you know, uh, <laughs> that's a number that I'm always talking about. Um, I'm always creating and creativity does more for me than it does for the people that get what I create because it allows me to express, I can't crush my wife, you know, by just talking all these things to her all day long. Like, Hey, I got an idea. Like I'm, I'm not going to do that to her. Um, but I can get in this space. I can play some nice music and chill, um, or, 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 or hardcore music. I don't know whatever mood I'm in and, and just, and just create and I feel like when I create, I tap into who I was designed to be. So that's the one part. Um, the other part is, um, is discipline. Yeah. I've, I've learned a new form of discipline for me. My discipline is about my character, my principles. So I'm not gonna discipline myself further than eating, eating healthy because that's a principle, uh, waking up early because that's a principle, um, reading and, and retaining information principle. Anything outside of principles, it's, it's anything goes. I'm okay with it, you know? Um, I don't have principles against watching Netflix or watching, you know, whatever, or listening to certain music. I, I don't care, you know? I, I'm not gonna just build a bunch of walls, you know, around my life and say, hey, I can't do this, I can't do that. Um, but if it's principle, then, I, then I'll, I'm disciplined. So, when it comes to my mind, discipline, spirit, discipline, relationships, discipline, my care for others, discipline. Uh, the, the things that regard are, are in, with regards to my principles, that's where I have discipline. So I don't think people have a discipline issue. I think they have principle issues. Um, that's just my personal thought. Uh, and then for the prayer part, my life has been transformed even this year in prayer. Um, just because you're a pastor or a former pastor doesn't mean that you can't grow. Um, I, 
two things that transformed my life. I got connected with a guy named Bob Perry. He's a prayer legend, prays five, five hours a day. Um, he's big in that IHOP mo uh, movement, um, which you're familiar with, and he's big in Bethel, Redding. Um, so he's, he's just a phenomenal guy, but very down to earth. He's been a, a missionary for like 40 years. He connected with me and said, hey, I'd love for you to join my prayer calls. I'm on a, a prayer call with him every morning and every evening, every day, period. 9 a.m., 9 p.m., period. I don't have any 9 a.m. meetings. I don't have any 9 p.m. meetings. And so I, I sandwiched my day with prayer um, surrounded by people who pray with more wisdom and more uh, zeal than I do. And so I learn, I catch things from them. And then for my own personal life, I have a, a pattern of prayer. So I, I follow Monday through Saturday, um, a series of prayers. And so Monday is about my house. I pray for my wife, I pray for my children. Tuesday is about my family and friends external. Um, you, you know, your family. Just, I have so many people on that list. Um, <laughs> Wednesday, I pray for the church. Um, and, and not just my personal church, but just the church in America that they make good decisions and not be, you know, not, not do the wrong thing. Um, but also really be like Jesus and not just do church for church. But I can go, that's a whole other thing. Um, Thursday, I pray for our world. Politics, you know, um, internal affairs, so, such, such, such and such, you know, businesses, um, all that. Friday, I pray for the unexpected. I pray for things to happen that only I could dream about, you know, or that only we could dream about. I pray for miracles. I pray for things to be transformed. I, Friday is faith day. Every Friday is faith Friday. Um, and, and last year I fasted every Friday. I think you, you might've known that. So Friday is always my big, you know, faith day. And then Saturday is my day where I pray for myself because um, you have to. And so I pray for myself then Sunday, church, worship, so on and so forth. But I, I, I put together a pattern of prayer and that's how I experience um, breakthrough and freedom uh, daily. So powerful, man. I actually took away the pattern of prayer um, as something that for me, I think, you know, we go through seasons for everyone listening. We go through seasons where things are stronger in our life or weaker. You know, our workout rhythm is stronger and, uh, you know, on point. Our, our meal plans are, if you have a meal plan, it's stronger. It's on point. You know, you're educating yourself. You're focused on it. And other times you're in seasons where it's like, hey, man, my prayer life, which prayer life is a part of your life, just like you have, you know, a romantic relationship aspect to your life, a career aspect to your life. You know, prayer life is a part of all of that in many ways. And people uh, are often trying to separate it, but it is its own thing as well. Yeah. And and so patterns of prayer, I love the idea of patterns of prayer there. And so I really walk away with that as something to takeaway for me just is as I think about living on purpose that like right there that's being intentional that's living on purpose that's actually getting your headspace in the place right that's getting your headspace in the place um we actually yeah, have that get us up, uh, Esther I'll, I'll get you in the mix good um and Esther and and <clears throat> I was gonna say and Esther and some other people I mean it's it's real like it's super real. Some some people, even on this call, they're 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 the type of prayer warrior you're talking about. And so it's mm -hmm. like it's really cool. And other people, it's new to them. It's like, well, what's prayer? It's kind of like I gotta you know clasp my hands and close my you know. It's right, like, right, right, right. 
And so there's a lot of different aspects to this, but the point is that there's a pattern that you found that helps you have giving you structure for a very creative person, giving you some structure allows you to stay focused and stay consistent in your life and being intentional and being on purpose. And, and what changed my life with that, I, I found out that prayer is not what, what I was taught as a child. Prayer is intimate conversation and connection with our father. And mm -hmm. so um, it's nothing in, other than that. Like that, that's, that's all it is. And I think about my life, there have been so many times where I've approached my father and my, my, my earthly father and said, dad, you know, I think that this is what I need to do. And then he's like, yeah, but you need to reconsider that. And then I leave that moment of intimacy with him because I trust him and I trust his words. Then I leave that saying, oh, wow, it's not the change that I brought to him. It's that he changed me. And so the way that I am when I pray, I don't pray like I used to. I used to say, prayer changes things. I think prayer changes things to a degree, but I think what really is changing is us. Um, and so, whereas my, the old me would have probably prayed, Lord, stop this quarantine, stop this, you know, whatever. The new me says, Lord, help me understand what's going on in this quarantine so that I can come out better than I did when I went in. And so that, that, that has transformed my life. And when you think of it that way, nobody has to be good to pray. You don't have to ha be a, a, an expert because all you're doing is going, going to your father. And so that, mm -hmm. that, that's helped my life out tremendously it's powerful oh, I, we got another question from esther what do you do when you want to sleep in <laughs> i need for him this week so when you want to sleep in but basically you uh you know you have this rhythm you get up early but you want to sleep in so what are you doing in terms of how do you get back on track um i think that there are times in all of our lives, training camp in sports, um, um, exam time in school, um, invoices and end of quarter, you know, in business that you have to grind. And the grind that comes out of that season sustains the next season. And so if you are in the beginning of your 4 a.m. grind, then re, uh, resting and sleeping in is not an option because you know that once it becomes a habit, an atomic habit, as James Clear would say, then you can rest and sleep in because you know that that's the, 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 the rarity. That's the like, oh man, I never sleep in. Thank, I'm thankful that I slept in. Rather than, man, I never really get up before. I'm glad I got back to sleeping in. So. I, I think the forgiving and the resetting is easier for me now that 2017, 18, 19, so four years in, it's much different than what it was, um, you know, years ago. So Mother's Day, I slept until like 10, <laughs> you know, but, but, but I'm right back on it on Monday, but I wasn't like, man, I didn't get up on Mother's Day because it's rare that I don't get up on a specific day. Whereas, you know, back in the day, I had to grind and get it. And I did it for a year straight because even on Christmas, Christmas, I got up because I was like, I can't allow myself to go back to the old habit. So I love that. that. Establishing, establishing that, establishing that track record with yourself, building that integrity so that when you actually can give yourself grace, you are able to because you've already built that integrity, that completion 
has built conviction that you're that type of person and confidence that you know just one day is not going to throw you off because you're being intentional about it. You're being you're being intentional and you're doing it on purpose in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. thinking about your life. So I yeah, I really I really appreciate that perspective myself. And I found a lot of growth in being able to establish completion for a season before I start giving myself grace in particular areas. But you do have to know what are you capable of. If you've just been uh if you've got a lot of difficult things going on in your life and getting up right now is just really, you're not in a season where you can do that consistently. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't then do don't it. do it. <laughs> and, and, and in 2017, might I add, I started work, waking up at six and then I woke up at six for about a month. Then I went to five 30. Then I went to five 15. Then I went to five. And so I gradually got to 4.30. I don't think if you've been waking up at 10, you should just jump to four. Like that's, that's dramatic, you know, that's drastic. But I, 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 I learned how to, you know, get to that place. And so it was healthy. Do you want to do a Q&A? Because I got, I got time just to wrap it up with Q&A. Well, I was going to say, if anybody else has. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> no, we're good. Yeah. If anybody else has any final questions, go ahead. I'm going to drop a link while we wait a couple minutes. Um, so we have an account on here that you guys can go check out where you'll have essentially a few options. One, to grab the book when it's released, Back to Basics, How to Get More Out of Life by Doing Less Than You Think. Jared is, has commented in that book, um, and it's about the six core pillars to living your fullest life, bringing peace and order to your life and living on purpose in many ways, but establishing the foundation you need to do that. So that book, you can pre-order that. And one of the ways you pre-order that is you can go on to this account and, um, and we started, it's called a Patreon account, but essentially it's membership. And so if you like what you heard today, there's an option where we actually have Pillars Academy and we talk about the truth about anxiety with professional counselor. We have a registered dietitian who's doing nutrition 101 and giving you guys insight there. We have a whole two hour series from one of our high-end coaching groups where you guys can access that. And all of that is included as a part of one of the memberships on the site there. So if you guys would like to, if you want to support what we're doing, if you appreciate this and get value, you can go there to that Patreon site and you can sign up. And uh, And there's a number of different things that you can get there. I'll let you read that. But um, our goal is really to just create content, create value that's going to help you on your journey to becoming the best version of yourself, however that looks. Um, I don't see any questions coming through Q&A, but Esther. Oh, I have one. I have one coming through. Okay. How do you max efficiency to keep a day from getting away from you? So Bart's got, how do you max efficiency to keep your day from getting away from you? Well, um, less is more. And so I don't try to win the day. I win the week. Um, and so what, you know, let's look at today, for example. Today, I knew that I had to get invoices out. Um, it's, it's mid-month, so you got to get ready for the next, you know, got to get ready, ready for June 1st. Um, I knew that I had to create, I onboarded a new client today, so I knew that I had to create um, their Google Drive and so on and so forth. I knew I had to shoot a video um, for, for this group training that I'm doing. So I had these five things that I had to do, and then I had two client calls. So that was it. Now, I got gravy on the top because, you know, I got this. And then after this, I'm, I'm writing some content for a personal thing I'm doing. But 
I'm not like, okay, I got it, but I also need to do this. And this. So I'm reasonable. You, you don't get any trophies or rewards um, and for, for winning the day. Like, you, you know, we were raised in this society where it's like, hey, like, you know, <laughs> if you do this in this time, then you get a gold, you know, gold medal or you get a trophy or you get, but, but I, I, we don't do it for that. Um, and so now it's more about just, okay, like, what do I need to do? And so I follow um, Stephen Covey. He talks about what's urgent, important, non-urgent, non non-important. And so there are things that fit in that urgent box. Invoices are urgent. Got to feed the family. Um, onboard, onboarding a client, very urgent. Um, you know, what's important? Shooting that video, they want it this week. It's Wednesday. It's important, not urgent. Um, and then some other stuff that I'm doing, not important, not urgent. So I just, I find a flow. Um, but I, my rule is this, and I think this might be helpful for, for those still on here. Two things that I, that I make sure of. Number one, I never bite off more than I can chew. So I don't give myself more than five major tasks a day. I just don't do it. I'm, it's not worth it. Um, and if, you're doing, if, you, if you work a job or if you have a business where you're doing more than five very major things a day, you need to reconsider what you're doing or, or, or tell some people no. Um, and then the second thing is I never work, and I wonder how you feel about this, TJ. I never work longer than two and a half hours at a time. Um, so, so I work two and a half hours um, in the morning and then I stop. I eat some fruit, I work out, you know, drink some water, just chill. And then I go back into the grind. Then my children wake up and then I spend time with them, get them ready for homeschool or whatever. And then I go back in the grind. I never go straight eight hours. It just doesn't do it for me. It, like it hurts me. And so these quick two and a half sprints, um, they just, man, it feels good. I, I knock something out, I, you know, so you don't have so much time. You only have but so much time. So when I knock out a quick um, two and a half or maybe two things during that two and a half, I'm like, man, it's only nine o'clock and I just killed it. Got two things done already. Now we'll get back into it at, at 11 o'clock, you know, and we'll jump back in. So I, I just space my day out because I'm in control of my time when I have the time. I don't control That's time, huge. but I'm in control of it when I have it in my hand. That's huge. I love the idea of not biting off more than you can chew. And you said it early, less is more. We say do less than you can consistently. And that's how you build that confidence because you will complete more and build that confidence through completion and conviction that you're a person of integrity who can get things done. For sure. I, for me, I can't do the, the two and a half hours at a time. I love that idea. I have not built in a discipline for two and a half hours at a time, but I've found I know what I can do for the longest period of time, what I can't do. And so I, I've found- Same, same principle, know, yeah. Same thing is like, if I can't, if I just, if this is one of those things where I gotta be typing and editing and, and doing all that <laughs> That's stuff- That's why I chuckled like, earlier, because I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> I can't, I can't like, I know that stuff needs to be done, but that stuff, oh my gosh. But you want to sit here and talk for five hours? Man, let's do it. <laughs> but with that, with that, I'm actually going to, I'm going to respect everybody's time. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for joining. Jared, thank you, man. Thank you for- This is for the best thing we've done yet, time. man. Well, we've done, That's great. Well, we've done a lot of good stuff. <laughs> this was the most, was the most um, mature that we've- It was. It <laughs> we was. Did, we did it the right way today. Yeah, 
It was. Well, I appreciate you and I appreciate you guys. Thank you for, for being here.